Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1011, it's a Monday, 11th day of September 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Very busy few weeks on the radio show. And one of the reasons for that is what we're doing on Wednesday. So no show Wednesday because of Twins baseball. Oh, by the way, I hope you had a good weekend. I don't think I mentioned that. Sorry. Anyway, no show Wednesday because of Twins baseball. The Twins play at noon. Brad's on at 10. You know the bit by now. But we are going to be, well, we I am going to be at Excel Energy Center on Wednesday for NCHC Media Day. Uh, the annual bit where we all gather at the X and we talk about the upcoming hockey season. And normally we would do a live radio show, but since we don't have a live radio show, we are going to be recording a whole lot of material. And as of now, and plans do change, but as of now, the plan is that we'll be speaking with Four players, Bulldog captain Luke Lowheight, St. Cloud State captain Dylan Anhorn, North Dakota captain Reese Gaber, and Western Michigan captain Luke Granger, along with seven NCHC coaches. That's everybody but Scott Sandlin. Scott's going to be on the show with us here next week to preview the 2023-24 Bulldogs, but we'll have a Brett Larson from St. Cloud and Brad Berry, North Dakota, David Carl, Denver, Chris Mayotte of Colorado College, Chris Bergeron of Miami, Pat Fershweather of Western Michigan, Mike Gabinet from Omaha, all will be recording with us on Wednesday down at the X. And we'll have a conversation with the new director of officiating in the NCHC, Mike Schmidt. That's also happening on Wednesday. So we are going to be recording 12 interviews on Wednesday. You will be hearing those on the radio show over the next few weeks as we just kind of drop them in. We'll let you know, of course. You always follow the show's Twitter page, and we preview the morning you know, with Dave in the mornings and, and all that, let you know what's going on. But uh, they will be dropped in between, well, between the end of this week and the start of the season, October 7th for UMD, and half the NCHC actually starting its season October 7th. The other half will begin on October 13th. So, Uh, over the next month you're going to hear those 12 conversations interspersed on the radio show and looking forward to being down there on Wednesday and doing all that and then uh, start running I think we'll run the first of those on Friday of this week I think don't quote me on that Uh, lots happening over the weekend UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carl will uh, be joining us his first monthly check-in Coming up at about uh, 10.35 or so this morning. Looking forward to getting that restarted here. And we'll have Jeff Papis. He's scheduled to join us right now, actually. And he is he must be tied up in a very important meeting or something, but he will call in as soon as he is able, and we'll talk some Bulldog football with him. Off an impressive win in Aberdeen on Saturday night, the Bulldogs score touchdowns on their first five offensive possessions for a big halftime lead uh, at 35-14. And UMD would cruise 41-21 the final. Kyle Wall Jasper has played in two games and has accounted for 10 touchdowns. 
I think that's good. I could be wrong, but I think that's good. Uh, this past Saturday, 7 of 11 for 114, three touchdown passes. And he added 110 yards rushing with two touchdowns on the ground on 15 carries. Bulldogs ran for 199 in the game. Wall Jasper accounted for 224 total yards. Northern State quarterback Colton Hackle accounted for 358 yards, but he threw a couple of picks, including one to Tim Polkernowski. That was returned 92 yards and set up a UMD touchdown in the fourth quarter as UMD goes to 2-0 and zero and will host military appreciation coming up this weekend. The Bulldogs host Sioux Falls Saturday. Jeff's got the call from Olosky Stadium. Our coverage at 1.30 Saturday afternoon. Uh, here on KDAL. It is the 10th annual military appreciation. We'll talk more with Forrest about it coming up uh, when he comes in here in about 25 minutes or so. But it, the plans have been announced. You can check them out at umdbulldogs.com. Always some great uh, flavor to this game. They, they've done a fantastic job putting this event together over the years. And once again, UMD is partnering with Operation One Voice. And we'll talk more about that again coming up with Forrest Carr in a little bit. Uh, we'll also talk to Forrest about a very successful, at least it seemed from my perspective, my seat up in the balcony, the uh, up north preseason volleyball tournament at Romano Gym. Uh, UMV goes 3-1, and one, as did St. Cloud State, but Central Washington went 4-0 and zero over the weekend, including a straight-set win over UMD on Friday and a five-set comeback win over St. Cloud State on Saturday afternoon at Romano Gym. But uh, talking to Jim Booz uh, in the run-up to the season, and he gave Forrest a ton of credit for this. We'll talk about the genesis of the idea and what sounds like it's going to have a chance to be an annual event with rotating hosts. Uh, that's all coming up with Forrest Carr in just a little bit. Uh, rest of the football weekend, if you're a Packers fan, it is Victory Monday. Happy Victory Monday to you. 38-20 over the Bears. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I'm not talking about the quarterback playing at a Hall of Fame level. It's way too soon for that. No, I'm talking about beating the Bears. Just beating the pants off the Bears in Chicago. Getting those fans so riled up, so angry, that they're setting the seats on fire and raising the value of the stadium that they play in. I'm talking about that. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The Packers are now 9-0 and against the Bears with Matt LaFleur as head coach, and they are 26-5 and against the Bears since Aaron Rodgers took over as starting quarterback. They are 48-15 and against the Bears with either Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, or Jordan Love as the starting quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, tough one for the Bears. You hate to see it. Love 15 to 27, 245, three touchdown passes, a 123.2 quarterback rating. Aaron Jones, two catches, 86 yards at a touchdown. Also ran for a score. It took the Packers a little bit to get the running game going. And, and it it was one of those things where and Matt LaFleur told I I forget which reporter the Packers had. I think it was Aaron Andrews was working the Fox uh, the sideline for Fox, the Packers sideline. I think she was the one 
who talked at halftime about, you know, LaFleur was lamenting. Aaron Jones carried the ball five times on Green Bay's opening possession for 24 yards as the Packers scored a touchdown. He then carried the ball zero times the rest of the first half. But the Packers only ran 23 offensive plays in the first half, and I think a third or 40% of those came on the opening drive. So, you know, there was no rhythm. And in the running game for Green Bay, we've seen this a couple times under LaFleur where you feel like the running game just bogs down when the offense gets out of rhythm. And I don't know if it's a chicken-egg thing. if It's probably somewhat preventable, right? But there are things that happen over the course of a game. Sometimes a game just takes on a little different personality than what you're expecting. Sometimes it's just the way the game flows. And 23 plays and a half is not very many. So it is hard to get anything in a rhythm when you're and, – and keep in mind, this offense is really – the skill positions is really young. And that's taking into account Aaron Jones has been around for a little while. But all these young wide receivers, all these young tight ends, A.J. Dillon, the other, the other top running back, is still on his rookie contract. Keep that in mind. So it's not like this is a veteran-laden offense at the skill positions. And and so when they get out of rhythm and they can't get anything going, I, I think you're going to see times, like it or not, where it bogs down like it did yesterday in the first half. That's just part of the, of the learning curve and the growing process for this group. They, and it's not just the players. The coaches have to learn the players. I saw a lot of consternation yesterday because Jaden Reed got dinged up in the fourth quarter at that point, I think it was 38-14 to 14 on, a, on a deep shot by Jordan Love that he couldn't haul in. And people go, well, why is he in the game? Well, he's a rookie. I mean, so, yeah, maybe he's a, a really important rookie, but he's a rookie. You know, management has to see what they have in these guys. The coaches have to see what they have in these guys, what they can put on these guys, what these guys can, are capable of doing. And they have to continue to grow chemistry with the quarterback. None of that is is something that can only happen in practice because you can't simulate everything that happens in a game in practice, no matter how hard you try. They, had, they just need game reps. And, you know, 38-14, I get it. You, you want backups in the game, but that's a three-possession game. And there was still quite a bit of time on the clock. Now, the Packers were probably somewhat unaware that the Bears are going to get the ball and take the air out of it themselves and just you basically throw the white flag and say, we're done here. Because that's what happened. But they, the Packers could not have expected them to do that. You know, a three-possession game, anything can happen. And I understand you know, why people are like, well, why is he in the game? But, but he ha- to me, he has to be in the game. Somebody's got to play. And if you look on the defensive side, even the series before that, it's not like they had a bunch of scrubs out there on defense. They're playing a lot of starters. You know, the reality is in this game, there's injury risk. There's a lot of injury risk in everything that you do. And David Bakhtiari's entire career arc was changed with an injury that happened during an innocent practice at the end of the regular season. These things happen. And it, it just you, you have to accept that. It, you, you know, football's a game where Injuries are a part of it. They're an unfortunate part of it, but they're a part of it. I think, you know, for the most part, though, Packers fans are happy, as they should be, because it's victory Monday and they beat the Bears again. 
It's always fun. Uh, the Vikings, maybe not so much. 2017 loss to Tampa yesterday. I, there's two things that, that I took away from this. One, the Vikings' defense has improved. Tampa averaged three and a half yards of play yesterday. And if you do that over the course, you're not going to, but if you do that over the course of a season, this team will go places. That That is, that is very, very solid. The problem is that the defense forced zero turnovers and didn't really wreak enough havoc on Baker Mayfield on a day where Kirk Cousins was harassed, was hit quite a bit, coughed the ball up twice and threw an interception. That was not completely his fault. So Vikings fans are like, oh, what, what happened here? They dominated that first half. It was 10-10 at halftime because they were minus three on the take give. They never got, a, never got a take away from their defense. The Vikings offense only had three possessions the entire second half. And Tampa wins 2017. A couple of field goals by Chase McLaughlin. And then a three and out for the Vikings after McLaughlin's second field goal gave Tampa the lead. The offense goes three and out, and Tampa's able to run the clock out. Thanks to a couple of first downs, a, a very tough run by Baker Mayfield. He took a hit from Ivan Pace, the rookie linebacker, at the end of the run. And then an 11-yard pass on third and 10 to Chris Godwin right after the two-minute warning that clinched the game for the Buccaneers. And the Vikings go to 0-1-1. A lot of mistakes. And the other thing that I noticed is, yes, you know they, they go and sign Josh Oliver. We talked about that with Matthew Collar on the, on the Vikings preview on Friday. They go sign Josh Oliver. You can see that there's going to be a concerted effort to be better at running the football. It didn't work in game one. That doesn't mean it's not going to work going forward. Keep in mind, we talked about it with Matthew on Friday. You can podcast it if you'd like at kdal610.com. The middle of Tampa's defense is really, really good. And it was a problem for the Vikings yesterday to get a lot of, of room to run the ball. Madison, 11 carries, 34 yards, and they ran for 41 yards in the game the Vikings did. Not enough that won't get the job done and we'll see if they can do thursday night they go to philadelphia and try to avoid 0-2 against the defending nfc champion eagles umd athletic director forrest carr has made his way to the studio we chat with him after the news 1025 bruce siski show on kdal This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team moved to 2-0 on the season with a 25-6 victory over Eastern Michigan on Saturday night. We'll have post-game reaction next. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. The Golden Gopher defense allowed only four yards after halftime against the Eagles to notch the win. Defensive end Danny Strigo of Long Lake joined Justin Gard on the field after the game to discuss. You know, we talked about coming into this game having poise, and we felt that we weren't as poised in the first half as we thought we should be. And so we went into halftime, made the adjustments we needed to make, came out, and I think our poise really showed in the second half. It was a big offseason talker to get pressure on the quarterback through two games. You guys really have. So what's been the key from your perspective there? Just try 
trusting yourself, trusting your moves. We've shown that we've had the ability to get, you know, ends, noses, tackles uh, to the quarterback. So it's really just great to see that show up in the games. It's got to keep progressing. Um, it's showing up here and there, but we'd like to see it all the time. And what's it been like to have Coach Winston here back with the program, obviously working with your position group and everybody that comes with that? Program means a lot to him. D-line means a lot to him. What has he brought to your group? You know, it, he's a perfect man for the job, in my opinion. I love being around him, whether it's he's coaching or whether, you know, it's, yeah. we're not even talking football. It's just great to be around him. He knows the defense inside and out. He knows the program inside and out. So it's great just to have somebody like that. That's Danny Strigo and Justin Gard. The Gophers will visit North Carolina this Saturday with a 2.30 kickoff. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. The Bruce Siski Show. We've been through this before. Weekdays at 10 on KDAM. 1031 with clouds outside. Maybe some rain later on today, as Tony mentioned. Second Monday of every month here during the athletic season, we'll be chatting with the athletic director in studio. Forrest Carr from UMD is here. And we'll talk some Bulldog sports. We'll look back at the Up North preseason tournament, the start of the fall sports season, and look ahead to military appreciation this weekend, Hall of Fame, later on this month. All that and more after CBS News at 1032. The Bruce Siski Show. Okay, well, I've only ever played catcher. Scott, you're not a catcher anymore. If you were, our call wouldn't have been the only one you got when your contract expired. Yeah, hey, listen, no, I I appreciate it. You're welcome. But the thing, the thing is, is uh, you don't know how to play first base. Scott? That's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. Hey, anything worth doing is. On 610 and FM 103.9 ADAO. 1037 on the radio show tomorrow, author Tim Hornbaker, whose biography of the nature boy Ric Flair, the last real-world champion, is out tomorrow. He'll join us off the top of the show tomorrow, and we'll also hear from the defensive coordinator of the UMD football team, Trey Dill, on the radio show tomorrow. Uh, Then we're down at Excel Energy Center in St. Paul for NCHC Media Day Wednesday. No show Wednesday because of the Twins, but we'll be recording 12 interviews over the course of that afternoon in St. Paul, and you'll hear those 12 interviews over the course of the next month or so on the radio show. Uh, Back with us now, the second Monday of every month going forward here during the athletic season, the athletic director at UMD is Forrest Carr. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. So, first off, how was the summer? Oh, it was great. Really great. (laughs) Enjoyed it. Um, Do you feel like maybe you're a little bit more comfortable now? Less less drinking through a fire hose, as it were, because you came in kind of late last summer. Yeah, you know, I I always tell new employees that, you know, that the second year of anything just becomes so much easier. Everything slows down for you and it's it's easier to focus on what's important. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel like that, that a little more comfortable having been through the cycle of everything once. Um, we've got the fall sports season started. Uh, you guys have already hosted a tournament, for crying out loud, uh, the Up North preseason tournament over the weekend for the UMD volleyball team. Uh, by all accounts, a successful event. Let, let's go back, though, and, and, and tell me how this thing came together. Yeah, it's really a partnership. You know, I was, I was uh, you know, we had the rivalry with Michigan Tech when I was at uh, Northern Michigan University for 10 years. And, you know, although it's a rivalry, you also partner on a lot of different things when it comes to logistics. And so uh, when I had the opportunity to come here to Duluth, uh, stayed in touch with people at Northern Michigan and then also brought in Michigan Tech. And we had we had this idea to have a tournament that would rotate between the four schools, uh, UMD and St. Cloud and Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan. And, uh, you know, it's it's a really great 
uh, partnership because we get 16 matches over the course of four years without having to travel very far. So we hosted the tournament this year. Uh, Michigan Tech will host next year, St. Cloud the year after that, and then Northern Michigan. And of course, we never play against St. Cloud because they're in our conference, um, but we play the other four schools in the tournament. And, and it's it's one of those things where it, it feels like this is – you know, like you said, it, it lessens some travel issues because now you're you're not going to some far flung place to to get some matches in the weekend before the conference season begins, and it, it's a chance to continue relationships that have existed for a long time. I, you know, Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan used to be conference rivals for UMD in some sports, and you know now they aren't in anything anymore. But it, it, they're so close you know, in terms of car distance that. There's always been that relationship. And, of course, St. Cloud State is UMD's closest rival in pretty much every sport. Yeah, so you reduce some missed class time. And the other thing that's really unique here is that Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan have been very, very strong in volleyball in the GLIAC over the last few years. So they both uh, made it to the NCAA tournament, uh, won conference championships. And, of course, St. Cloud is one of the top teams in the Northern Sun. So, you know, we have this tournament where we're going to have four strong teams automatically every year. And then you just need to find two other opponents. Now this year we happen to find two other opponents that were also very <laughs> pretty <strong>. good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Southern New Hampshire was—I I think they were four and zero the weekend before in their, the tournament they played, and and then Central Washington. As I was telling you off the air, we were my my son and wife and I went to the the matches on Thursday night, and so we're sitting up in the balcony where we always seem to to find our, our ourselves sitting, and. So the first match, St. Cloud State beats Northern in straight sets, and it went like maybe an hour and ten minutes, and that left a lot of time in, in between the matches. So we're watching UMD and, and Michigan Tech get warmed up in that whole thing and just looking around at, and, and checking out these other teams because we don't know a whole lot about them. And I'm like, oh, so see what Central Washington has. And they had, they had played in Southern California the previous weekend. I want to say they played three ranked teams and beat two of them so I'm like well i guess we know what we're getting here and sure enough they go four and zero on the week a big comeback win saturday over st cloud state in five sets they dominated i thought umd on friday night that's a really impressive team that you guys brought in yeah i think they're gonna they're gonna be nationally ranked very high this year and, they, and they've had a good program for a long time way back when i was at the university of alaska fairbanks um, the same coach was there i think he's been the head coach for 28 years and uh Boy, I think around 2004, 2005, they had some very strong teams uh, that won the GNAC conference and advanced in the NCAA tournament. Um, one year, they didn't even lose a single match until the NCAA tournament. So this is a program that's been strong for years. Um, the coach's daughter uh, transferred uh, from a Division One school back to the program. She's an outstanding setter, great athlete. So they're going to have a very good year. I do think our team is is capable of playing with anybody in the country, in, including Central Washington. So we'll see see how the year goes. Yeah, we're talking to UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carr, uh, just kind of wrapping up the Up North preseason tournament. The other cool thing with this is because you've got these four universities part, kind of partnering, you're going to have this thing for four years, and each only has to host once. And, and as we've talked about this before, you know, for a Division II school, this type of an event, it, it, this is not an, an easy lift at all. Luckily, you guys are really experienced at doing this. Yeah, we've got, we've got some, some great staff members that have a lot of experience. You know, Jesse Robinson, who's uh, our event manager, he had been a long time uh, in the same role at St. Scholastica. And, uh, you know, he, he was the one who 
was able to to kind of carry out the the NCA regional uh, women's basketball tournament last spring, where we had you know eight quality Division two opponents in, and so this was another big event. But I thought Jesse did a great job, and and uh, the nice thing about this is that our turn hosting is now is now complete. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll go to the other places for the next three years. And now the other three places can take all the notes of things you guys did well, and and hopefully uh, can execute the same kind of plan here the uh, next three years of this wonderful event. Uh, so for us, the the fall sports season is underway, and you know obviously there's a lot of excitement around the Bulldog football team. They're off to a good start, and their real cornerstone event annually, the tenth annual Military Appreciation is coming up at Miloski Stadium this weekend, and, and I cannot say enough about everything that everyone at UMD has done in, in getting this thing off the ground, and now it's become – I think saying it's football's cornerstone event might be kind of underselling it a little bit. Yeah, you know, at most schools, uh, the homecoming weekend is is the big weekend in football, um, and we, we have that. Um, but we also have this um, – uh, military we- weekend, military game in support of Operation One. This is a 10th annual game, and the department has raised over $70,000 over the last nine years in support of Operation One. So it's something that our staff really takes pride in and the community really supports. Uh, just some of the things that are happening. Uh, folks can purchase the special edition One Voice and UMD Bulldog coins at Tavern on the Hill in Blackwoods on London Road, as well as Buffalo House. Those coins are $10. All proceeds benefit Operation One Voice. Uh, also new this year, fans can buy commemorative mini helmets. Now, we did the uh, we did the full-on helmet last year in honor of my father, who had passed away in 2020 and served in Korea way back in the day. And they're really, really cool. The mini helmets are sweet. If you've got a little less room to be displaying something like a football helmet, uh, the mini helmet's right up your alley. Uh, they're replicas of what the team's going to wear Saturday. Uh, UMD, as uh, Forrest mentioned, raised over seventy grand in the last nine years. And with the coins, also limited edition hats, merchandise, and the tailgate lot on game day Saturday, uh, fans can also stop by Tommy's Car Wash today all day long, purchase a works wash, and a portion of all those proceeds will be donated to Operation One Voice. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for us as we look ahead to Saturday. Uh, Staff Sergeant Robert Gutierrez, Jr., Air Force Cross recipient, will have the uh, will be doing the uh, honors at the coin toss. He'll be a guest speaker of the football team uh, this week as well. One of just 24 other enlisted airmen to have been awarded the Air Force Cross one of only seven airmen of any rank to have earned the honor since 1975. And I know from talking to the coaches that it, one of the things that they've really enjoyed about this event, military appreciation, is bringing in a guest speaker for the football team every single year. And it sounds like uh, this gentleman, Staff Sergeant Gutierrez, has a heck of a story. Yeah, the football coaches have really embraced this event, and we certainly want to thank um, Staff Sergeant Gutierrez for his service and, and all the service members. We also want to thank Synovus for supporting the game this year and helping to cover the cost of free tickets for all military members for both the football game and the women's soccer game on Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, military tailgate, 11 a.m. Saturday flag ceremony practice run on for the military members at noon. Gates open at 1. The Bulldog walk through the parking lot, the tailgate lot at Miloski Stadium at 125. And then pregame ceremonies and kickoff at 2.05 against Sioux Falls. Can't make it out. We'll, of course, have coverage with Jeff Papis on the call 1.30 for the pregame Saturday right here 
on KDAL. And the football team is off to a very good start. Uh, they beat uh, your old friends at Northern Michigan in the non-conference game. They'll open up, and then they went to Aberdeen last week and scored five touchdowns in their first five possessions. You can't do better than that and, and cruise to a victory over Northern State. So exciting to see this football team playing very well out of the gates. Yeah, they got off to a good start. They have a nice mix of uh, some some upperclassmen who are definitely leaders and then a really good, really talented freshman class. I think there are 36 freshmen uh, that are already making an impact. Uh, we're talking to you and the Athletic Director Forrest Carr. A couple more topics here. Uh, big one coming up here, homecoming, as you mentioned, is at the end of this month, September 30th, the homecoming game at Miloski Stadium. But the night before that, uh, we are bringing back the UMD Athletic Hall of Fame. We have an outstanding induction class of 10 uh, that have been voted into the Hall of Fame. You'll be inducting them on September 29th, a Friday night on campus. Yep, that'll be a busy night. We're looking forward to it. We have a home volleyball match, and then we'll go right over to the Weber Music Hall and uh, have the induction ceremony. And it's, it's nice to have a big class this year. We're trying to get caught up a little bit from uh, missing a couple years of inductions because of COVID. So we're really looking forward to that one of my favorite events each year. I, I know that this is something that uh, you championed uh, in, in your previous stops, and, and it's been something here for a very long time. And from talking to you, and and, and I'm on the Hall of Fame committee, very honored to do that. And it, it, it certainly is a very – it's a passion project thing for you. This is very important to you. Yeah, there's just so much history here, some history of success. And, of course, we want to live up to that every day. Um, but we definitely want to recognize uh, the people that have come before us, and uh, there's just so many good ones. Sometimes the hardest part is is deciding who should get in. Yeah, my wife and I, when we go to volleyball, we always we, we come out of Vermont and we will head down that hallway, and you walk by all those plaques, and it, it's you stop and and you look at at some of them, and and every once in a while one will catch your eye that you've forgotten about. It, it, it's uh, it, it's just amazing to see. In that one spot to see all the history that that university has in athletics, it's, it's incredible. Yep. Yeah, and it, you know, every year that goes by when you have another great season, like like last year, then there are more people who are deserving. <laughs> so we, we know that there are people in the future. So it's, it's just a wonderful thing that continues. Yeah, speaking of drinking through a fire hose, that was looking at that list was uh, – potential inductees i'm like holy smokes this person's not in yet yep. <laughs> that that came out of my mouth more than once as i was reading through that is amazing uh and then of course winter sports will be here before we know it uh many plans for men's and women's hockey are available now go to umdbulldogs.com you can get those but uh october 7th is 26 days away the men will host the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game against Michigan Tech that night, 7 o'clock here on KDAL. And the night before that, 25 days away, women's hockey kicks off its season against Long Island University at Amsoil. Get all the info, including tickets, umdbulldogs.com. Do we? Oh, and we have to congratulate Jackie Jairs from UMD Soccer because yesterday, 53 seconds apart, two goals in the second half against Northern State Forest. That is a program record for the fastest two goals. Yeah, it was fun being out there. It was a perfect day to watch soccer. And, you know, the team was really controlling play. You know, they, they, they were doing a nice job of controlling the ball and just needed a break. And they got the first uh, penalty kick and scored, and then another penalty kick scored, and then uh, Jackie finished the, the, the break through the middle. So it was a really exciting uh, game and exciting finish. A 3-1 final yesterday versus Northern State. Forrest, good to see you as always. We'll talk to you again next month. All right, thanks a lot, Bruce. I appreciate it. Forrest Carr, Athletic Director at UMD. All the lowdown on Bulldog Sports at umdbulldogs.com. 10.50, wrap it up in a moment on a Monday morning. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for Gopher Basketball. It's good. He knocked it down. KDAL. 
10.59. Very, very excited for tomorrow's radio show. Right off the top, we are going to be speaking with Tim Hornbaker, longtime historian, author, one of the – I mean, the the research this guy puts into his books is unbelievable. His latest book is out tomorrow. It is called The Last Real World Champion. It's about the nature boy, Ric Flair. Of course, a lot of his wrestling ties back in the AWA in the great state of Minnesota. Also, UMB football with defensive coordinator – trade deal. That's all tomorrow. Have a great day. Brad's up next. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. This is your home for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 103.9 W280 FDFM and AM 610 KDAL Duluth Superior.